0: Hello and welcome to Monday's edition of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I am Duncan Mackay and I'm joined today by Craig Anderson.
1: Hi Duncan, how's it going?
0: Very well, very well, we're... um... It's so just all kicking off, isn't it? But it's not really. Uh, yeah, and, and it's just you today because uh, life is difficult, life is hard at this point, uh, and things things get in the way. Life gets in the way. Uh, so yeah, we're just gonna like, be sorry, on you were
1: really about to start a song like life is difficult, life is hard. It sounds like you know, like a, maybe like like a really deep cold player lyric or something, someone like that who's like Tries to make these big, deep songs. It sounds like you were you were dipping your toe into that that particular songwriting ocean. Just
0: just wait until I learn how to play piano, and then it's then it's definitely <laughs> happening. Um, so yeah, this weekend we're going to be looking at the six games that took place in the Premiership. Uh, some were more meaningful than others, and I think we're going to try and do them in order of meaningfulness, and and, and not start with a six 0 scudding. Um, so yes, first game. Kamarnock 2, Ross County 2. How do you feel about that, Craig Anderson, now in the cold light of day, uh, 48 hours after the event?
1: So, so I think, um, so first of all, I think I was expecting a draw. I think I did the um, Patreon with Craig Fowler on Friday and I kind of predicted either 1-1 one, one, or 2-2. Two, two. I was pretty sure neither of those defences had it in them to keep a clean sheet. So um, it turned out right. And given that Kelly played quite poorly, it would have been very easy to lose that game, and losing the game would have been an absolute disaster. Drawing the game is not great, but it keeps you know Ross County are only a point ahead of us. Like, it's not you know it's not the end of the world. We've still got two home games, still got you know four chances to to get something and try and propel ourselves ahead of them, and and did pull a point further away from from Hamilton. And all of these things are positives, but the, the downside. I mean, the fact that we played badly is it's in itself a downside, but. Kind of, I was, I was, uh, I was chatting, um, chatting offline to a couple of Kelly fans, and making the point that earlier in the season we would have lost games like this. Like, there, there's not a single game I can think of this season where Kelly have like stolen points. Like as in, like you know, as in got, a, like, got, got
0: away with perfor- get, get
1: points above performance, I suppose. Yeah it's been a lot of the opposite I mean game gave was two games against St Johnston at Rugby Park leading 1-0 into the, kind of, playing well um, Ross Millen gets himself sent off and we chuck away two goals in the last 10 minutes including one like right at the death um, we were 2-0 up against St Johnston um, managed to lose 3-2 two games against Livingston where we chucked away like last minute goals if we'd just taken a point in each of those games instead of like you know maybe over pushing which I think we did at times then um We'd be, we'd be much better off. So so in that respect, taking a point from this is um, a good chance. But when you lead twice, it's definitely a big missed opportunity because I think I was looking at this and thinking, well, if we can win, then we played under United, um, the next home game, you, you could theoretically, you know, you know, be like four points ahead of them and almost kind of looking over, you know, almost kind of thinking within two games, you could get rid of most of the worries. Whereas looking at it now, I'd be very surprised if it doesn't go to the last day.
0: Yeah, I or, think or, or say,
1: like, say, like, if we are to stay up, I think it will go to the last day as possible. It could be out of our hands from that. Respect, <laughs> like, like with, in terms of catching county, I mean, before then, but um, I don't think we're now going to be more than three points ahead of them going into the last game.
0: I would, I would say that while watching Kamarick now under Tommy Wright though is a bit more enjoyable though there's clearly obviously the, the rival Lafferty and we've I think we'll, we've reeled out the stats about his uh, late in the season performances more, more than enough already on probably every podcast that since since Alan Temple revealed it um, but it just feels that there's there's more chance that Kelly stay in games because the the front line is now looking a bit more threatening
1: Yeah I mean he's just he's just very much kind of gone right I want to play a fourth Kind like of four four one one type shape after kind of the, the failed experiment with a back three that um, he very quickly abandoned. Let's get a solid left-footed left back, a solid right-footed right back. Let's have someone with a left foot on the left, someone with a right foot on the right, and you know it's it's, it's all these simple things, but managers don't always do it, and and it has certainly brought yeah. There's now a plan and attack, so you now we're creating lots of chances and, and we're you know, all sorts of different types of chances and we're scoring the goals as a result. The problem is fundamentally, like we've got a, a midfield two who are clearly are and have been very good players, but lack dynamism and age just catching up with them. I think Dicker, Dicker in particular, like who, who I'm a massive fan of and I think he's has been underrated for a long time by Kelly fans. I think um his legs are starting he's really starting to get caught out with with kind of pace in behind. On top of that, we're, we've got a pretty poor defence, like the defenders are not great. And then you're immediately kind of on the back foot and then you've got a goalkeeper that nobody has faith in, I think would, would be a fair way of putting it.
0: I think that would be a very fair assessment given, I, I suppose those those two issues were, were clear as day in the two goals that, that you conceded at the weekend. The, the first goal um I don't know who was meant to be <laughs> with tracking Michael Gardine at all, and then the second goal comes from a from a fairly lacklustre shot that, that Doyle managed to put out for a corner, and then and then the marking at the the corner isn't great either. Um, you know, whereas you know, the goal, the lead, leading goal you score is a fantastic technique from from Chris Burke, so it must be kind of frustrating in, in that sense that you're creating your know, amazing goals, but then conceding. Just slapdash. Nonsense.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can look at it that first goal, and, and we'll be making a habit recently of, of scoring in early. We scored early against County um, through there, which we still managed to lose. We scored in the first minute against Motherwell. So these are things that I think are coming from right. You know, get out, get out, get on top of them and make a really big start early on, which we've done in all those games. And you saw that, and, and County didn't... County were, were struggling with it from the from the kick-off, and then it... Yeah, it Burke wasn't getting picked up at all. And then he um yeah, he rattles in a really lovely finish and, and he comes up big in big moments, Burke, time and again. I and mean, he almost won the game at the end as well with a kind of shot that, that nobody was expecting. But yeah, then then it's a it's a big high ball into the ball. That's what I mean. You county didn't really work for either of the goals. As much as they were definitely good value for the point, like they, they were the better team, if anything. The goals themselves they didn't work for it. It was a big, big long ball and white. Uh, sorry, not even white. Uh, I thought it was white at first and I was like, right, that's fair enough. You can get beaten there by white. And then I realized it's actually Billy McKay out jumps um, out jumps medley on the edge. And then Broadfoot, I, I can see what he's doing. He's in two minds because Galdine's coming towards him at a bit pace. And I think he's thinking, look, I can easily make a tackle here, but bring him down, get sent yeah, off. Yeah. And and you know, and so it he kinda of takes a lesser of two evils, but it just looks like he's kind of ushering guard down through to shoot, which and and you know, ten yards from goal is not a good idea and and, and he, he does score. And then yeah you work work back into a lead and and Mitch Pinnock's been a bit of a revelation under um under right him. That was, was, was that the, was
0: one of my notes. <laughs> including that the outrageous Twitter piece freedom.
1: of skill. So, yeah. You can scroll through it from this morning. There's a video of it. And it was, what well, I'd said at the time, it was like reminiscent of uh, Greg Stewart when he was kind of at his peak. But the difference was with Greg Stewart, he then like would deliver a cross and find somebody for a goal and Mitch kind like smashed it straight at the goalkeeper. <laughs> but for the goal itself, it was, um, it was a nice bit of skill, a nice bit of close control to get himself the shooting opportunity. And much like when uh, I've talked about Lafferty doing it and, and maybe it's starting to rub off, it's better sometimes to take a bad shot, but take it early, and you just catch a keep it out. And that's what you saw. It went straight through like, blah, You Should obviously have done better. And again, at that point, you're like, right, well, and this is what I mean. It's what happened in the Motherwell game. We went ahead, we chucked it, but then we got ourselves back ahead, and we took control of the game. And I was hoping the same was going to happen again. But but Kelly were were awful from from the point we went two one up. All the way through probably, I mean all the way through to 70 minutes maybe, so so through conceding the goal. You could see the goal coming a mile away. Um, as you said, Doyle should, it's always hard to criticise a goal, right? He made a save, but that free kick was not exactly flying towards goal. He could have not conceded a corner. I don't think he needed to save it at all, but if he, if he wants to do something with it, parry it. Out in a way to the side or something, he puts it behind for a corner, and, and from that corner, they, they highlighted on on the sports scene. There was maybe a wee nudge, but not not anything like enough for a foul. And it's far too easy, and I think it's Medley again. Who, who loses the man? And uh, Medley's a funny one. He's, he, he, I think it he said he reminds me of Stuart Finley when he come he came in at Kelly, which is that he has a lot of raw abilities and and he's quick and he reads the game quite well and, and all of that stuff. But fundamentally, as a defender, he's got a lot to learn, which is why he's playing for us. I think. Yeah. Um, and you've got that balance because because he does offer him. Mean, he strides out of defence really well, and he opens things up. And, and there there are benefits to having him there, but at the same time, he's costing a lot of goals at the moment. And, and where do you stand on that? Because he he had another moment earlier in the game where he got caught caught on the ball, which nearly led to kind of breakaway as well. So so all in all, yeah, I think. Massive worries at the defensive end, but at least we are scoring the goals which we weren't doing before. So it's kind of the and negatives. So. there.
0: yeah. I think that from a <laughs> from a club that has been relegated pretty recently, uh, that is the concern is that you is when you're not scoring the other goals as well. Like you know, it's fine to be, uh, you know, if you're down that end, you kind of be, expect to be losing cheap goals. But it's if you have not able to do, it, if you concede and then that's you out the game basically because you know that, that you know that it's going to be really difficult. So I suppose that that's the the one joy. And again, I, I, yeah, I would still I would still put I still feel in my gut that Kelly are a better bet to to finish tenth than, than County just because I think County just very streaky and I just yeah I think that um. Yeah, it's just I just don't. I, I'm not entirely. Conv- if it, I'm not entirely convinced that the the motivational process that John Hughes goes through is actually what they need at this stage, I think they
1: need just be better organized. Yeah, and I, and I think they 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 have been a bit of a thorn in Kelly's side. Like they've played well against Kelly most of the games this season. The, the exception being the one they lost at Rugby Park. And I think they have. I don't know if we've just the right type of team for them in terms of, you know, not very good for a start, which will probably help, but <laughs> they, they've certainly they certainly had a lot, they've, they've looked a lot better against us than when I've seen them against other teams. And that's the hope I'm taking, that, you know, that, that maybe they go into these subsequent matches and can't replicate that. Because I think on if they play like that, um, they, they will pick up wins um, before the end of the season. But if they play like they played in the, in the previous weeks, like if they played like they played against Inverness the Friday night before, uh, I think they would have they would lose the remaining four games, which is what I'm hoping for. But um, yeah, I think that there's some. I think the, the front. I think I think he's got the team in terms of the attack right. Is my feeling like I think as much as Jordan White takes a bit of stick, probably some of it deserved. He's a good big target, and Mackay gets in about the the, the flick Espe- Especially
0: end. for these final final games, like where you <laughs> with those two, at least you know they're going to be in the game, like. Mercurial always Shaw that you like that can't can't force his way into a game. I suppose in the same way that, that, that white can just by virtue of
1: lumping the ball up towards his head. And and Gardine is is always dangerous. He ever since he played quite poorly for us. Every time he comes back to Rugby Park, he, he's excellent. Which he, he just does a power of running. The defense is not very good, uh, and our goalkeeper is not very good. So they've probably got pretty similar problems to, to what Kumama do. I think it's there are. Three bad teams, and then I think actually we'll go on and talk. I think there is actually a fourth bad team in the league, but they have something that that none of the other um, bottom three clubs do, which is a very good goalkeeper, um, and that's that's where we kind of stand. I think, and so yeah, I it was it was a pro- probably a, fr- a better point for County than than Kelly, but at the same time, I think County maybe was slightly disappointed they didn't win.
0: Yeah, I think that I think that's probably fair, and I think that's the kind of the impression both managers gave after the uh, in the, their post-match comments that they both felt they could win, but also weren't uh, utterly devastated to leave with a point. Um, I suppose we, that that we need, need move on to the other team that's currently sitting twelfth uh, in the in the league, and that's Hamilton. They were defeated one nil by Dundee United at home. Uh, Mark Midnulty, uh freebie, basically, essentially. Um, you know, there was a, I w- I was quite looking forward to this because I'd heard uh, Brian Rice before before I'd watched the highlights. Uh, you know, and his reaction, and he was saying, "You know, if we uh, if we have got performances like that three, four times a season, we we wouldn't be where we are." And I kind of then watched the highlights and thought that's more worrying because I didn't feel that there was any. They didn't create that many clear cut opportunities, and there was a lot of effort. But I I come to expect that from from Hamilton. I didn't I didn't see the um, I don't know the the difference between that and then uh, uh, then the Hamilton being quite unlucky against a lot of other teams.
1: Yeah, I think I so the, the fourth team I was saying that weren't very good. I think is done. United. I think um, they have some good players, but fundamentally, they saw it again in that game. If they don't have Benjamin Secrest this season, I think they are. Ten points worse off, maybe
0: more. Uh, pro- yeah, potentially more. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and and would be it's, right. It's, in that
0: it, it's probably covering
1: a multitude of sins. Right in that mix, but, but you have. Gonna, there's no doubt for me. Since January, they've been a much better team. Um, a much better team. But what they've actually struggled to do is get wins. They've had a lot of draws, and then it's a fine line because your draws either turn into defeats or they turn into wins, and and this turned into a defeat, a game that they probably will feel they, they should have got more from. And and it's not a time of the season for hard luck stories, I guess. It's not like, you know, nearly near you know, when it's in August and you're like, oh we played well and we could have, you know, we, we should have won, you kind of go, all right, okay, well, next week's there. but <laughs> when you've got four games left, it's very much like that that no longer becomes Useful in any yeah, way? Yeah, it's that it's
0: that thing when you get excited by man just talking about them. Um, yo, what what I'm looking at, what what I prefer seeing was the performance level rather than the result. The, uh, this time of the season, um, I will I would take the lowest performance <laughs> going as long as you get the result because ultimately that's all that matters at the moment. And that would yeah, that would be a slightly concerning for Aki's viewpoint.
1: Yeah, um, the the goal for me, the problem I have with it is I. I quite I don't mind teams playing about at the back and I think like people get you know get too worked up about it because most of the time it, it doesn't lead to mistaking what it does is it draws the other team out, you create openings, you know, you you're a bit yeah. patient, they get frustrated, you 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 kind of pick them apart and stuff like that. So I don't mind that. What I if I was a manager, I think I would always be saying to my team is if you have one scary moment in a move, that's plenty. Get rid of it and think about it next time. Because what happens is, you know, one bit of sloppiness like naturally leads on to another one. Because then, the so so Hamilton gets nearly gets caught in possession, um, and he plays the pass on. But then everything's a wee bit rushed from that point, yeah. and then the pass goes back to Gourley, and he's under more pressure than he should be. I think as soon as Hamilton gets worried, um, he plays it infield. I can't remember who is it Martin? Maybe it goes infield too. He just needs to empty it. Instead, he plays a pass, and, and yeah, I mean. None of that is to excuse Gourley for what is a, an abysmal kick, but it can you almost can see these things coming sometimes. And I think you know, yeah, it's always for me, it's like play it about, but if you get away with one, don't take a further chance. And I think they took a further chance and and they were they were punished for it. And it's a lovely piece so of quick thinking from Fuchs to send to send McNaughty away, and it's a nice finish, in it, and they'll be pleased with that goal done to United. It did somewhat feel like it was the only way they were going to score it was with a um, a mistake.
0: Yeah, yeah, they didn't. They they really didn't offer. Well, judging by the highlights, and anyway, they really didn't seem to to offer that much, despite you know, sh- despite having aspirations of being a top six club, I suppose.
1: Yeah, I, I I don't buy this of because they're just newly promoted. They can be happy with you know just staying up. But they're they're not. Livingston, they're not Hamilton, they're not Ross County coming into the league, they're, they're still Dundee United, they're still probably sitting with a top six budget, so so you know, finishing seventh, eighth, ninth, whatever it is, is fine it's not a bad season, because yeah, they they, they do have to adapt you know, to Premiership, there's, there's a whole ton of things going on, and the worst thing possible for that club would have been to have gone back down after, after all the money invested in coming back up but it doesn't make it a good season, I don't think it's by any stretch a good season for them, they should be higher up they have some players who should be at a higher level but they've they've got some players who are not up to it as well and I think they, they'll be one of the teams that can kind of take away their season and yeah it was fine but I would hope that Mellon has just decided right I'm just going to make sure we don't get relegated this season and then he's going to build because if I was a Dundee United fan I don't think I don't think I would want to watch that team play like that again next season. You would be looking for new, more exciting players to come in.
0: Yeah, and I th- and, and you're winning, but just by the skin of your teeth a lot as well. I mean, that was, you know, the... the didn't look all that impressive against a, a, a struggling league one side in part to Thistle and got very, very fortunate to to get out of that. And you know, really probably sh- shouldn't be in, or they should at least have been going into extra time uh, at the very least on that. Uh, and then again, you know, it's a, another on a, on a, on a plate uh, chance that gives them the chance to, to, to beat Hamilton. But yeah, they didn't really offer much beyond that again you know we talked about uh, or we re- reference Seagrest being excellent but again there wasn't anything that was truly remarkable it's just <laughs> it's probably just telling the standard of the bottom six goalkeepers this season i think that he looks good, he looks impressive because he does a lot of the basics very well
1: he makes saves. He, he, <laughs> yeah, he actually yeah, they don't go through, through him, yeah, basically. When they're running through, things like that. Yeah, I think that would be, the talking to the goalkeeper situation, I think that would maybe be the biggest worry for, for Hamilton as well. It looks like Fulton's probably not going to be back this season. He's by no means an amazing goalkeeper, but he did sneak into the boys' top 12 when they did it. And, and Gourlay, I think as a backup for Hamilton Aki, is what you expect is a backup for a team that's probably got one of the lowest budgets in the league. He's probably a competent goalkeeper, but I don't think he's going to save you any... You know, he's not yeah. going to win you points and stuff like that. And you could really be doing... Like like when Hamilton Aki stayed up those seasons, the first team, and they always had Thomas cheney and and he would win them. Oh, he, he, I, I
0: suppose cheney is
1: is almost a seagrist for yeah. the new generation. And, and they do seem to be falling apart a wee bit in terms of having players available. They seem to be losing players Hamilton at the worst possible time. For them, they'll maybe... I I don't buy it kind of, oh, you, know, you don't want to be in the cup and all that, but they don't have... You know, Kelly, Kelly have got the, the cup and, and we'll be hoping for a decent run with the draw that we've got. Aki's and County don't have to worry about the cup, so they have an extra wee um, period to maybe get some players back to fitness and stuff like that, but... It'll be interesting. Yeah, I I am more confident of them not catching us than I was probably a couple of weeks ago, but they're only two points behind. It's not like, you know, it's not yeah. a big gap. Like they could- but
0: I suppose they're going to go into, they're going to have a week off and going to be, or, or 10 days off, but they're going to be dwelling on the fact that that's probably one of the best, their managers come out and said that was the best performance of the season that would be slightly alarming i think um and then i suppose we should we should conclude the the uh, the roundup on, on the bottom six on saturday uh, motherwell beat st Mirren in 1-0 and what seemed like a a pretty uh, entertaining game all all tools but again nothing to play for so <laughs> kind of that you know the motherwell are pretty much safe uh you know st Mirren are like there's yeah like there was um it was just a game, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I think like Muller will if they'd lost this game, they would have they would have looked like they were in a bit of trouble and they, they would have had a worry, but I think it would have surprised me if they hadn't at least won one game after the split. Um in and, and their yeah. Now 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 I'm pretty happy to call them safe. I think it is between three and yeah,
0: something miraculous has to something really bad has to happen now for Motherwell
1: they, they would need to lose all four games in, a, in a, a combination of results as well in the other one so I'm, I'm happy to give them the safety and I, and I think Alexander uh, deserves credit for coming in um, as much as I think he, he seems like a strange man um, <laughs> he's come in and um, steadied the ship I'm pretty sure Robinson would have kept them up anyway to be honest but they steadied the ship he's got them the, the victories they needed and they can now look at building for next season. They'll probably have to replace quite a few of the players. Um, you know, um, I assume Gallagher will not be there. I assume Campbell will not be there. Um, possibly some of the others as well. And so they have to rebuild, but they've got the freedom to do that, and and they've probably got a decent enough budget. And and you know that I think their, their playing budget this year was was as high as it had been for for many years. Um,
0: and they also have now have a manager who is used to. Shopping in that market, the Motherwell seem to do a lot of their work in.
1: Yeah, so so I think they they'll be happy enough that you know they've, they've done the job. It was a nice, it was the type of goal you you, you expect from Cole. Um, you know, he just pin, pinches one. It was a bit lucky, but you know, much like his dad, they, they seem to just be in the right. He seems to be in the you've right got, place. You've got to be there to score them. Um, and and I was going to say a good save from. Kelly from the penalty. But not really, to be honest, it's an awful penalty. What what did you make of the um, the penalty itself? Like, I think
0: it was. A, I think it was a penalty. I think that O'Donnell uh, doesn't doesn't get his feet right. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't set himself properly, and so there. He, he as soon as he he commits that leg, it's it's all over. Um, I mean, it's it's not the most outrageous. Uh, Your know, foul that's been that's been given this season, but I think it's just he, he ju- you could tell that he um, when you saw it in the replays that he just he for some reason got his body slightly confused and he wasn't sure whether he wanted to show him down the sideline or or have him come in and kind of got caught between them and then that was where the leg sort of reaches out to try and take him to take the ball. Away. Yeah, but-
1: it was like he was kind of falling backwards, but it does it does worry you if he, if he's um, defending Dylan Connolly like that as to what what he'll be up to in when, uh, when he comes up against like Raheem Sterling or something in the in the summer. But um, yeah, well, I, I, think, thought that, I think Nathan
0: Partson's going to be taking his job now. I
1: think uh, I think they should have had another penalty before that St Mirren as well. I think it, it was it was a pretty clear handball from Crawford. You could see why it wasn't given because. Uh, his body literally completely obscured was it Kevin Clancy's view yeah of it? Um, so you can see why it wasn't given but that probably should have been a pen. but if McGrath's going to hit penalties like that they could have had five penalties and it would <laughs> still up been a clean sheet um so yeah I mean Samarin I think it's natural I always think when a team gets so close to the top six they fall away because it's like they're, they're deflated and um and i, I don't expect them to, to take too many more points before this. You know they'll win a couple of games, but I wouldn't be surprised if they you know ended up finishing eighth or ninth. Now, um,
0: yeah, I do I do find it odd that there's there's some. I think because Saint Bernard put so much, um, you know, so many balls in the basket in terms of reaching top six, that is naturally going to be quite devastating. And I don't think that Goodwin's the sort of manager that can then. Fake it, I suppose, and come in and be like, "Well, that's actually, what's important now is we win the next five games, and you'll give us like, you know." I, I just don't think that is where they're going, and you know, I think if you're Saint Mirren, I think it's time to start looking at what other youth prospects you can start to blood and sell to to Hibs uh, next season <laughs> and uh, and and stuff like that, um, and just start thinking ahead to next season, like how, like what, because they are very close. To get making that thing, making that leap into the top six, I don't like. But again, at the same time, until they do it, it's all it's going to be a a perennial problem for them because it'll be they'll be not seen as bottlers. But you know, you you need. I'll be interested to see who who uh, who Goodwin goes into the market for this summer because I think they need that. I think they do need some sort of steeliness or experience type thing. But again. I don't know whether where they're going to get that from,
1: but then they take, they signed it. Uh, they signed uh, like Brophy, so that they, they, they are shopping in a market of like. Obviously, it didn't work out. So he got injured, but they are obviously they obviously do have the money to chuck about there because.
0: Yeah, because they didn't know, they you're, didn't you're, wait <laughs> they didn't hang around you know, from
1: yeah. yeah a player you know like that so they they do have I think they do have the money there um, behind them and and I think I think you can see them building something but it's very easy for these things to fall apart. And especially when, you know, you you are always susceptible to losing players. Any, any club kind of outside, any club, especially outside the kind of, you know, big big city teams. And you can lose your, you can lose a player at any point for an extra 200 quid. And it, it's, it's always part of it. It's very hard to build anything. So I'm always, I'm always wary of making like long-term predictions because, you know, a couple, injuries and they could be, you know, back down in the relegation scrap next season. But they have been an impressive team on the whole this season. I think once they shrugged off the kind of COVID issues at the start of the season, they really put a run together. And it's clear to me Goodwin knows what he's doing. He he may not be a manager for a top club at any time ever. I think he probably won't be. I think he's maybe maybe never going to win enough games to be a kind of, you know, top level manager um, or a manager of a top club. But for us, St. Mirren, I think he's a perfect manager, and I, and I expect them to continue to do well. But as I say, you, you never do know.
0: Yeah. Well, that that concludes the the low road in the the Premiership. We should probably uh, go to the top six now, and I suppose Mcdermott Park is the next place to go because Aberdeen keeping the keeping the fight for third place alive with a one 0 win over St Johnston. Um, I mean, not. Uh, not a gripping game by the looks of it um, but that would be uh, you know difficult for uh, for anyone to surmise ahead of time that two turgid teams might uh, two target teams that are sometimes struggling to score might not uh, turn, turn out a goal fest.
1: I think um, you could have told me that was a St. Johnson Aberdeen game from earlier in the season just being replayed and you could almost have just accepted it. St. Johnston's team to have got over that thing of kind of playing quite well building up and not really taking their chances. Um, over the last few weeks they'd obviously to get themselves into the top six they'd put a run together but it's kind of came back again or It came back again there they, they played really well but they just you know they didn't get over the line and then Aberdeen you know scored a goal maybe not quite out of nothing like they wasn't like they weren't in the game at all but were probably second best up until that point but, but then St. Johnson didn't trouble them enough um, subsequently and Aberdeen are for all their flaws, they are generally good at seeing out games, and, and you saw that from them um, as yeah,
0: well. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think the um, again, <laughs> again just with St. Jordan, It feels like obviously now that now we're onto the fourth time that clubs are playing each other that there is, there there is a kind of a lack of sometimes new things to say. But um, yeah, uh, St. Jordan, uh, S- Aberdeen. I think they're they're not. It uh, doesn't sound up the season a microcosm, but I think it says quite a lot. I just remember one point because like, I paused that. And it was um, McGinn's cross in the first half, and he uh, and he's looking for Hornby. And I paused at just at the point, and, and McGinn's out of shot. But what you, what you can see is there are seven St Johnston uh, players plus uh, plus the goalkeeper, and only Hornby in the box. And then and then there's two Aberdeen players you know, outside the box, and you uh, that neatly summarises like if you've not. Like that, no wonder you're struggling to score goals. If if that's if you're if you players that are meant to be supporting the striker uh, are already writing off the first chance coming. You know they're they're looking for the second ball, but they're not pressing the space either enough to make it. The, so the defenders will, or or midfielders that are back will make mistakes.
1: Well, you, you look at that like that situation you mentioned. And it's like, well, what what constitutes a successful piece of play from Niall McGinn at that point? He's clear he's clearly not going to he's clearly not going to get a goal out of Hornby because he's the only striker surrounded But, you know, it's it's not going to happen. So then it is like, well, it de- it's demoralizing as an attacking player. And that's where the confidence goes. Cause then you look up and you're like, Well, what am I doing here? What what's the point? Why well, am I chasing sixty-yard balls? Yeah. Yeah. And that's when you start seeing Wingers turning around and passing it to the fullbacks and stuff, and that's what annoys people. And I think that's been the problem with Aberdeen for a while, was like they've not been a team that take chances um, and I don't mean that as in the way St Johnson didn't take chances a team that don't, they're not a team that takes risks mm-hmm. and that gets them you know they grind out a lot of victories but it, it costs them in the big games because to beat a better team you usually you know it's, it's kind of nothing venture nothing gained. you need to Sometimes take a risk, and it can be a calculated risk to try and create a chance to try and make something happen. Otherwise, you're just constantly relying on mistakes and set pieces, and that's what they've done a lot. And that's why they consistently, despite what I would always say, played. They generally played all right, or a lot of the games against Celtic, for example, they played all right. but They didn't get results, and consistently because unlike other teams, Celtic didn't at the time didn't make mistakes, mm-hmm. and so you're you're kind of like playing about in front of them, and. It'd be interesting to see how Glass addresses that. As I say, I, I think it's going to be not quite a disaster. I think he, I think their performances will be much worse under Glass overall, but maybe you add a bit of variability to them. So you know, yeah, maybe they'll maybe they'll probably perform worse overall, but maybe they'll you know get the wins they weren't getting before, and that could win them a cup or get them through in Europe because they're a bit less reliable yeah, I, I, and I, predictable I, I, in a bad way.
0: I think you're right but I think that I think that um there there might still be further low points to come before there's a point of recovery. Um you know, we, we've seen that a lot but that it's it's it can be difficult um for fans to to buy into that narrative that you like to to rest the slide sometimes you've got to go further uh further down um I, I think we should we should talk about the quality of Matthew Kennedy's pass for for Jesus gold. I mean that was terrific. I think that um I, it's just, I love that sort of punched pass, if that makes sense. Like it, it, there's a it feels like there's backspin on it, but there's not quite. I think Rooney should have done better. I think when you've got two two men back that Hayes has not been prolific this season uh, and doesn't necessarily have the same pace that he once did. It was kind of he kind of knew what he was wanting to do, so it should have been defended better. But I'll I'll also give credit for just them not expecting to be split by such a good ball.
1: I think that's sometimes the thing when you're talking, for example, you're talking about Rooney and and could he play for Scotland and stuff like that. It's like, well, that type of defendant is probably absolutely acceptable a lot of the times because, as you say, there are a few players in the Premiership who can play that type of pass. So, what that means is he can actually steal that extra yard in the other direction so that when, you know, when usually whoever the winger is in the Scottish Premiership, like, scuffs the past five yards to the other centre half he's actually already setting away on a counter but he's you know he's well positioned for the next piece of play but what you sometimes find is that as the quality of the players go up all of a sudden he's having to learn well actually I can't be here Um, and so it's going to be interesting as a player as he develops going forward if he goes to play at a higher level which I have a feeling he will because of the physical attributes he has as to how he copes with that because I think you know he was playing you know well League 2 with Queen's Park to begin with, and then, um, you know, played a bit of championship, maybe League 1 as well, and then um, this is his first season, you know, in the Premiership, and, and he's had a lot of praise, but there are negatives his game, and I think you maybe saw one of that defensively still got some way to go. Um, I think Bryson should have closed down um, Kennedy better in the first place. I think it was a bit of a powder puff effort. It, it almost felt like, a, I'm not going to take a foul... Here, you know, I talked about yeah. Godfrey waving, um, guarding, waving guarding through, yeah. past them. It's much less acceptable to do that when the team's on a attacking. and you're outside the box and you're only <laughs> going to get booked for it. I think just take the yellow, um, but then yeah, the, the quality that, that's me being negative and picking out the defending errors, but the quality of the pass is, is tremendous. And his times he's run really well and it's a really nice finish. It's a perfect, I know it's everything we talked about, and it's again the same thing. Hayes does take the risk by making the run. It goes beyond. he goes beyond um, because Rooney going the other way is always going to cause you problems. So you are taking a risk, but he makes the run. And yeah, Kennedy is it's a pass that deserves the, the goal.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think the only other thing to add from that is that Signoson did have chances. Kane should have buried that. I mean, I think that I think you know, we've we've all said our piece on on Chris Kane over the years, but again, you know that that's going to you know I don't know if if, if there's any point in saying it, but you know, like oh, if he doesn't want to go further, you need to have someone that's a bit more clinical than that, and even Ali McCann's chance late on, I th- you know a better striker off the ball would would have got the equaliser in that part.
1: Yeah, I think Kane, the, the thing with me and Kane is always like, you can see how much he brings to the team. And you saw in the cup final, and you saw in the, the semi final against Hibs as well, how much he can do for the team. But again, then you see, well, that's why he's at St. Johnston. And that's why he's unconvincing for St. Johnston at times, is because, well, he has a striker and he doesn't score enough goals. Um, so th- there's always that balance. But yeah, it. I think they they will probably not be able to upgrade on him if you know what I mean because he's probably for for what um, for what Davidson wants from his striker he offers so much yeah but the type just of player that offers the, a wee bit extra they can't afford so it's always yeah. that kind of you know it's that stri- stri- striving for perfection so Davidson will just be hoping he can maybe make him better at the things he's not good at.
0: Yeah, sharpen. Sharpen is uh, is the, the 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 tools that are not quite as, uh, as used as often. But yeah, um, we should then uh, our, you know penultimate game of the weekend. The the team that uh, Aberdeen are challenging for third, Hibs went down two one to the champions Rangers at Ibrox in on a Sunday televised game for reasons that I'm not quite sure why it was Sunday at three o'clock. Was it just the that the Rangers could potentially have been playing in Europe?
1: Um, I thought it was just because Celtic were at home. And oh Saturday. yeah, that was also. Yeah. I know that. I know that. I know there was not fans there, but. Yeah. I assumed that, I assumed that was why. So, so uh, I guess I can ask. I can ask you a couple of questions on Hibs on this. Um, how did you feel? My view was that Hibs were a wee bit too passive to start with. Was that what your take was, or?
0: Yeah, they they were too passive for two periods that were a bit far too far too long in in the game. Um, Especially, you know, especially the joy that Hibs were having um, on the right hand side. Barisic had possibly his worst game he's had uh, in a Rangers jersey. Uh, I'm, I'm not, can't say I've, I've got an encyclopedic knowledge of every appearance he's made, but um, Boyle and then Boyle and Cadden really gave him a gave him a hard time. Um, but there wasn't, you know, the, when there was such an obvious weakness in how Rangers were playing on uh, yesterday because the left hand side the hips left hand side you know, was a bit of a ding dong between uh, Doig and Patterson. and that was really entertaining but the, you know, nothing it was kind of they were cancelling each other out um that hips were not focusing on that weakness that rangers had so yeah especially the second goal is a, is a is a prime example of that in terms of just sitting off too much being a bit too passive with the rangers midfield rangers midfield were able to carry the ball far too long uh you know sometimes 20 30 40 yards uh through the pitch um which is you know i can understand what jack ross was trying to do he was trying to stay in the game and 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 make it you know difficult for rangers once they got to a certain part but i mean that's the that's the fourth time and you know we've been relatively good against rangers but we've only taken one point out of 12 in the end and that's that's uh slightly disappointing i mean again there's a possibility the Rangers go unbeaten this season, so you can't maybe maybe it's a bit churlish, but I think there have been certain moments when they've been there for the taking. But this is not the not a swashbuckling hip side of previous. But then again, they've not taken a hiding that much of Rangers this season either. So
1: yeah, I always get I do always get like a a bit of a McInnes vibe off of uh, Ross sometimes, and that he's, he's safe. He's sometimes too safe, and I think like you you look at the the first goal. That whole move should be played about fifteen yards further up the park. At which yep. point, rebo doesn't get the goal because he gets the ball twenty-five yards from goal instead of like where he does. But you can understand. You can understand. You can see what the positives of like inviting Rangers on are because I think it's where they can be got at. You saw the pace in behind. Um, you, you said about Barisic, Goldson didn't necessarily look too clever at times as well, and boy, probably. Has a couple of really good chances, and Hibbs are very good on the counter and do pick the passes well. And on another day, perhaps you know it's an Ivan Ives, Sproul day where where he's swapping Martin it's Boyle because yeah. you could see the the how open Rangers were even when they were one 0 up. Um, I
0: mean, I don't. There was you know two three pretty good chances in, uh, at the end of the first half. But if you don't take those chances against Rangers, then you know frankly you're not you're not going to get a chance. And okay, yeah. Uh, the second goal kind of killed it, but uh, and even when Hibbs got one back, I didn't really feel like we were going to. I did, even even with the disallowed goal later on, like it just it didn't feel like Hibs were really they were in the game, but it, they didn't feel like they were in the contest. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, that that's kind of the view I got, and and, and don't get me wrong, I think if they can keep a hold of, of a couple of Irving in particular, I think Hibs will be. I think they'll finish third this season, but it might be quite tight game um, because. It's Jack. It's it's Jack Ross. Big games. They've got a big game against Aberdeen. The, the record against Aberdeen's not great. All of that stuff. Yeah. And you do as much as Aberdeen are, are bad in these games. You do just sometimes fancy them to you know pick up a win against the Rangers or something or Aber or Celtic or. I
0: I think I, yeah I think Aberdeen is going to be a curious one. I think it might go one. It could go one or two ways. You know, like or it could go it could go it could go many ways actually. But um, yeah, you you do wonder how. I mean, there's nothing to say that Aberdeen might not win. I mean, I think it's highly unlikely, but they could theoretically win the last four games. Now that they're unleashed under you know, then they're all ready to impress, and uh, you know the, the the good time vibes are back. But again, they could, I could you could easily see them losing the next four uh, next four games as well.
1: But what I was going to say is, regardless of what happens this season, I would have Hibs as hugely strong favourites for third next season because I think they've got they've um, got consistency with the manager. I don't think. I think it'll work in their favour. How it went with Ross at Sunderland, even though every other manager at Sunderland's not done anything different to he has, um, he will almost certainly still be head manager for the entirety of next season. And
0: he's I, I, would, I would agree. The only the only difference it might be is how Europe pans out. But again, you know, if it you know, yeah if it goes really well or yeah really badly. No, um, I think yeah I, I agree with that, and I think that. I think part of the key of Hibbs's settledness, I suppose, more than anything, has been, and, and, and someone that seems to be not being getting a great deal of uh, praise or anything like that, you know, which I found was slightly odd over the last week when we had the AGM and stuff like that, is has been the recruitment done by uh, done by Graham Mathy. Um, it does seem quite odd that the, he he seems kind of excluded from that when it's clear that he is identifying quite a lot of these players that are coming to the club.
1: Yeah, and you, I mean he did a he did a podcast with uh, with Joel about this time last year, I guess, or it was certainly during the lockdown. And he had been linked with the sporting director or whatever the job is at Kelly. Um because mm-hmm. right, he's
0: an sure guy, yeah, yeah, yeah and he,
1: he's um, he's kind of got some some connections. Um, his, yeah, well, his dad was heavily associated with with Kelly, um, and at that point, um, I think it's his dad. anyway, I'm sure it is, mm-hmm. um, but at that point listening to him doing that podcast with Goal, I was like, you could definitely tell it was kind of one that got away kind of thing. Um, and, he, yeah, he's, he's a very impressive sounding person and you can imagine him convincing players to, to sing for hips as well. And, and Ross probably is cut from the same cloth and they have recruited very well and, um, there's
0: been far there's been far fewer duds than than a number of teams and Hibbs's generally general average toughness uh, signing uh
1: that goes that you goes on normally. Um but, but yeah, so I think I think there's a lot of positive from Hibbs and I think you could see some of what Ross is trying to do with the team. Um but but yeah, I feel like it was a missed opportunity. Um the the header from this bit I thought was was excellent. Um Golden maybe gets caught a wee bit out by him, but I don't think he expects a player to be able to run across the front post and do that.
0: Yeah, no, Nisbet will look Nisbet looked <laughs> a completely different player from the Nisbet that played on Monday night against Queen of the South, where it was kind of like, oh, you're here. Um, you know, I think he was he was very uh, very much up for it and, and very involved, in some t- and sometimes sometimes he just isn't. I think that's just, that's just part of his game. Um, and again, on on the Rangers side, this. I don't think there's anything new to be said. You know that they've they've done what what they've always done. I think, to be honest, I, that that would be my slight concern was the um, the Golson um, Barisic space that you know, that access that access even uh, would be something that if you're a Celtic you would probably be looking to exploit again if you've got um, if if James Forrest is, is fit um, because it seemed that they really did struggle with with Boyle's pace and any sort of
1: overload in that area I'm pretty sure Celtic will win one of the remaining two games against them um, I don't know which one um, and so I, I feel like it's going to be next week I think Rangers will probably probably end up unbeaten but they'll, they'll not win the, the, the cup and kind of it'll almost feel a wee bit of an anticlimax for them mm. um,
0: it'd be quite funny if Celtic they, knock them out and then also do not and, win and this, also that's yeah. what we're all hoping for yeah.
1: Um, but yeah you get a family final so, I mean, but be, not actually it's so hard to t- Wax well, lyrical about them, they're, they're, they're an excellent team. They're one of the best, um, definitely over the last decade or so. Um, Scottish teams, probably probably the only team you'd see are definitely better than them are the the Celtic Invincibles. So, of course, they could they have the opportunity to actually match, I think, still that record if they win the last four games. Um, so, so they are a very good team. It's just, yeah, as you say, you've run out of things to say about them, I and mean, especially in a game like this, which was a bit, um, you know. It, it, it does have stuff have riding on it, but it's hardly like high stakes the way it would be in other seasons. Yeah, or, or, absolutely. Uh, with a crowd there and with um, you know, a bit early on the season and stuff like that.
0: Well, I imagine, yeah. Let's. I, <laughs> I don't really want to imagine what yesterday's game uh, would have been like with a crowd following uh, the news on Friday. So we'll we'll skip onto uh, skip over to that uh, and then to yeah to Saturday's game. Celtic uh, absolutely dropping Livingston six 0 Again, another one game where it's not that much to say about it. I know, it sounds, I know it's, uh, it's going to sound bad and Celtic fans, uh, they don't listen to us anyway, but that you know that um, that you you see your performance like this, but it, it kind of feels a lot like Hearts has been on Friday as well. It's all a bit after the Lord Mayor show. It's like... Yeah, I mean, where was this performance in November? Where was this performance in October? Like, and again, I'm not entirely sure how much that was t- down to how good Celtic were versus how much of a really bad day Livy had as well, because they just didn't do the fundamentals that make them Livingston.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it had the feel of a training game. Like, it it just it was all it was all slow. It was all it was very easy for Celtic to pick apart Livingston, and it was just yeah. that that it makes it so hard to engage with the game to be honest because I'm like if I know Celtic have won 6-0 and I sit down and I see like that from Livingston I'm like why am I even bothering to watch this and it's it's weird because
0: there are sometimes 6-0s that Celtic have put on in the past where actually you feel uh, you feel for the other side because actually just, they've just been sliced like you know a uh, butter through knife sort of thing that Celtic have been so good. But I didn't think I know this sound, <laughs> sound ungrateful, but you know, I don't think Celtic really had to work that hard for the 6-0. Nah.
1: And and Livingston it is a worried now. Last t- after that big run that they went on when Martindale took over, the last ten games is uh, six defeats and only two wins. And yeah, the, the, They'll have a few worries and, and one of those wins was against Wraith after extra time as well. Um so they with worries. keeping a
0: settled side as well. That was about the fourth, fourth game in a row that they've um they've played the same starting eleven. And and again, is it just a case of for Livingston? It's all just about trying to get through to yeah. get through to the summer and do more but, recruitment.
1: But as much as that, you know, there's this story of whether they might or might not get a license for Europe, you'd think like fifth place is a big is a big target. You know, playing in Europe is still Something that you want to try and do, and and I'm pretty sure every Scottish team targets that. You know, is is a possibility, is a way of potentially getting some some revenue, but also kind of in normal times attracting fans along because it's a bit of a, a different game, and also just you know raising your profile as a club. In, in... Yeah, I
0: mean, I think I think for Livingston, you know, a uh, a good run in Europe could be again, it <laughs> could be a bit of a game changer for them. You know, on the same like, you know, that just by You've seen it. The, the, there is a um, what's what's the term? I can't remember. But you know, basically every time that uh, that the you're in Europe, like you know, add to the the inequality that exists. You've seen that you know, in a lot of like it's happened in, in Luxembourg. I think there's that club that because they went on one run, it's just basically meant they're topping money up the whole time because they keep going in Europe, and and you can kind of kind of similar to Dundalk in the League of Ireland as well. Um, I suppose that there is for Livy if they use that money wisely if they were to make just get through one round would be actually might be able to pay for things like a a youth development academy and things like that
1: yeah um, beyond that a couple of things I noted from Celtic um, I think Forrest you saw what he can offer um, you know and and I, I think Rangers would have won the league regardless but I think Celtic would have been much closer if Forrest had been available They've just never really replaced that that directness and that, you know, on, on the right hand side, you're someone who runs at defenders and yeah. consistently runs at defenders and doesn't give them a break. It's not like, you know, you've got players, everyone's got players run, like Frimpong that he ran at defenders. Forrest, it was like every time he gets the ball, he just goes at folk and mm-hmm. and he scores a lot of goals as well
0: also like his directness was kind of a zigzag if that makes sense so it's not Fring Pong was a bit like I'm very fast and I'm going to run directly at you whereas Forrest is runs were
1: more angled if that makes sense yeah and, and so it would be it's a worry for me certainly I would very much like to have him in the Scotland squad for the summer so I'm hoping that the injury was just a precaution and, and, and that, that he's, he's still fit and then El Yannou was two, two fantastic goals they were the highlight of the game for me they both finishes.
0: I think he's a, I mean I think he's a terrific player, but again, I, I, it's trying to work out what Celtic are trying to do here because I think the I think they've been cost like is it six or twelve million? I can't remember if if they want to sign him. So he's not, that, he's not worth it either. Yeah, he's not worth he's not worth those sums, but at the same time, what so why you why are you playing him to inflate his goal reel for another club? Like it's it's all and the same with I mean I don't think I don't think Ralston's going to be your future right back but I'd much rather be playing him than an Everton Loney as well just a very odd way that was just the club itself has just been run very oddly at the moment I think and and that kind of everything sums it up and especially you know the the leak about approaching how and then how's not maybe not into it as much and stuff like that it just again it, it, everything Celtic do seem to be just walking into more disaster
1: yeah, I think they need they need to just get get to the summer and get you know the new guy in and um the, the new CEO in and then everything from there because yeah they, they need a big overhaul.
0: Yeah, I think, yeah, and I think, I think even then it's going to be too late, but for, for trying to do anything next year, but see you live. Right, anyway, thank you very much. That's us. have done the, the six games. We're about to go and record a Patreon. Uh, the guys will be back on Thursday with another show. Don't know what that will be. Again, on the Patreon, that's patreon.com forward slash terrace podcast. There is a podcast a day going up at the moment. There's lots and lots of interesting stuff. I think today's one was a re watching of the uh, Queen of the South Aberdeen semi final um which uh was a horror show for aberdeen fans so i think that, that that'll probably quite, quite a fun uh listen um but yes thank you very much for your time craig anderson thank you duncan and we'll all see you later on take care stay safe stay safe i keep saying that i getting it wrong stay safe uh, and take care Bye 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 sports social podcast network 18 plus.